0: This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 278. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and today I'm joined by Mr. Buell Collins of Fiocchi Ammunition. What's up, dude?
1: How's it going out there?
0: Man, it's, uh, it's going well. We're in Denver here, and it's a lot colder than, I'm sh- than, I, than where you're at, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful Saturday here in Vegas. I think it's around 60 degrees right now, so a little chilly for me. I, I probably should get a sweater or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it hit down into the 20s last night for me here, so it's quite a, quite a difference. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think our high today is maybe, I don't know, actually, I didn't, I didn't really look. A couple days ago, I think they were saying the high was barely going to hit 40, it might be a little warmer than that. I don't know. It's actually 45 out there right now. Ah, that's a that's, oh. that's a good thing.
1: You might you might sweat.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, man, like really glad to have you here with me. And uh, today, folks, uh, we're gonna be talking about making everyday carry life.
1: I have one disclaimer before we start. Yeah, man. If you guys hear my dog start barking, the FedEx man has already been here like four times a day. <laughs> my wife has an inordinate amount of packages coming for the holiday, so um, <laughs> apparently Christmas is going to be good at my house, so I apologize in advance if that happens.
0: <laughs> man, a FedEx guy only comes to my place once a day, so kudos, <laughs> kudos to you, man. That's that's that's, that's great. Uh, All righty, so... For today's episode is brought to you by, we have a number of sponsors lined up, and uh, one of those obviously has to be Fioki Ammunition, because, well, Buell, hello, Buell's the marketing director at Fioki, and uh, he's a great guy, and they make even better ammunition. Yeah, sorry, the ammunition's better than Buell is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we're just, you know, we've been shooting, I've shot now probably well shot or seen shot because not, I haven't shot it all myself, but we've, we've ordered a number of you know, several thousand rounds of it in the last few months, uh, probably seven, eight, nine thousand rounds in the last, uh, you know, a few months. And, uh, some of that's been through some of our classes and things that we've taught. Um, so it's been bueno, it's been awesome. So my, my kudos and my props and everything go out to Buell and, and the folks of Fioki making some awesome stuff. And then where's the best place to buy Fioki ammunition?
1: Well, that's Ammo Supply Warehouse.
0: You got it, buddy. Ammo Supply Warehouse, AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com, uh, the sponsor of today's episode. I'm repping with their awesome T-shirt here. Uh, you know, Ammo Army, baby. So Ammo Supply Warehouse, uh, we were able to secure a 5% discount for Guardian Nation members those that buy Ammo Supply Warehouse use that discount code. Find it in your dashboard when you log into the members area of Guardian Nation. And Buell is the man responsible for connecting me and Butch at Ammo Supply Warehouse and be able to make that deal come together. Good
1: people, man. I love connecting good people. So <laughs> it's my pleasure. I'm glad that it worked out for you and Butch and everybody involved. And hopefully, we can get more uh, ammunition in the hands of the American shooters out there that that make this country great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, good stuff. And then also, I mentioned Guardian Nation. You gotta, you know, you gotta be a member of Guardian Nation, get that five percent discount. And also, we are get, we are doing a special giveaway, twelve days of Christmas giveaway, starting on December 9th. And you need to go download right now, the Concealed Carry Gun Tools app, and make sure that's on your phone, where you're gonna get push notifications when that giveaway goes live. Every day we'll be giving stuff away. And you know thousands of dollars of stuff over the course of those twelve days. Uh, there's there's a thousand there's a thousand dollar safe we're giving away on one of those days. We have a, a gun. I'm not going to tell you exactly what that gun is, uh, but we're giving away a gun on one of those days. We're giving away uh, ammunition on another day. All kinds of stuff. Holsters. Uh, we got a nice package from uh, Crossbreed Holsters, throwing in a lot of really cool stuff. Um, yeah, you're going to want to take part of that giveaway. So head on over to concealedcarry.com forward slash mobile app. That's the best way. That'll automatically load whatever app store for whatever device that you're on, whether it's Android or, or Apple, go to concealedcarry.com forward slash mobile app. Download the app today. Uh, I know that you're a fan of the app, Buell. Yeah. I.
1: You know, it's funny. I was um, playing with it and going through it and using it. And uh, you guys did a great job with that, man. I, I uh, was thoroughly impressed and and I recommend it to everyone uh, that carries a gun every day that they should have that app. I mean, we carry, we take our phone with us everywhere. Why not have such a useful tool uh, that gives us all that information right there with us? Uh, yep. You guys did an excellent job with that.
0: Thanks, buddy, and I appreciate that. We've we've worked hard on. I should really say our developer has worked really really hard on it. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we've got in there reciprocity map tool. You've got uh, we got legal summaries for all the different fifty states. Uh, the Business directory is awesome as far as finding gun related businesses, pro Second Amendment businesses, uh, and also anti-gun businesses. Okay, gun free zones are listed in the as best as we as best as we know. And I think, in fact, I think there's still a way. I don't know that you can do it right through the app, but if you have any questions, you can always email us, of course, at support at concealedcarry.com. But I think there's a way on our website, because we have a web version of all this where you can also submit uh, gun free zone businesses and stuff like that. So, or if if there's a gun business that's missing or whatever, you can submit all that. So, anyway, um, go check out the app and yeah, download it. It's it's awesome, and, and and it's only getting better too. We just released an update I think yesterday. So, it, almost every week or every two weeks for the last few weeks, we've been doing updates. All right,
1: and and like uh, to that point, the more people that use it and submit these you know pro gun businesses and and flag the um gun free zones and things like that the better it gets the better the database gets so the more people that go out there and download it the the more useful the tool is so yeah i highly recommend everyone go download it
0: awesome brother appreciate uh your support of the app and and of the things we're doing here at com. hopefully you know we're able to return the favor to uh Fiocchi and Ammo Supply Warehouse um but let's get into it buddy so I told you uh, this morning, I said, hey, man, let's talk about making everyday carry life. And so what, where I'd like to kind of start with this is I'm going to ask you, Buell, uh, share with us your your own personal story as far as like how you first came to start carrying concealed or carrying a gun um, and, and kind of that journey. And, and, and obviously, you, you carry a gun every day now, yeah?
1: Yep, yep. It's... Uh... Part of my daily wardrobe now. I yeah. don't go anywhere without it.
0: So I, I'd be curious to know, kind of, obviously there was a time in your life where you didn't carry a gun. So how'd you go from that period of your life to where you are now?
1: I got introduced to concealed carry actually from my dad. And, uh, you know, we, we had a long discussion about it when it when it uh, became that time in my life when I turned 21, or when I was about to turn 21, we started talking about it and, and the ability... To protect my family and my community, should something happen. And uh, right after my 21st birthday, I I got my permit to carry, and I started carrying. My first carry gun was a uh, Sig 40 caliber, uh, and I carried it in a Galco holster uh, outside the waistband
0: of Sig. Um,
1: it was the Pro. I don't. I don't know. Sig Pro. Yeah, it was a their first polymer gun, and they they released it. Right SP, around my 21st birthday.
0: Well, most people know this is the SP-2022. And uh, yeah. I think the 40 caliber version is like the SP-2340 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I know exactly the gun you're talking about, for sure. I had night sights. I, I thought
1: I was like super special. Um, but when I first started carrying, you know, the the first thing is you think everybody knows that you're carrying, right? So you kind of go through the world. You have yeah. to get comfortable with that aspect of it and and i soon realized that nobody cared about me i thought i was way more special than i was and no one was watching me um but i would i would take days off uh i'm like oh well you know i'm just going to small town america nothing happens there i don't need to carry today or uh you know i'm wearing shorts and i'm you know whatever and i would make these excuses basically uh, for the lapse of mindset that I was experiencing, it was—it wasn't anything more than an excuse uh, to pacify my lapse in mindset. And um, when when that really changed is when I when I discovered professional firearms training, and the mentorship of of professional firearms trainers, people like yourself, um, really corrected that error and thought pattern that I had, uh, where, Oh, it's not going to happen today. Right. I mean, it didn't happen the last three weeks. So why would it happen today? That type of deal. And, and it really started making, uh, my, me hold myself accountable. It started making me hold myself accountable to be responsible for those that I care about around me every day.
0: That's awesome, dude. And I I think, you know, my journey sounds very similar to yours. Uh, (laughs) Shortly after I turned 21, I, I said, you know, uh, I carry a gun. I got married kind of young, too. I was 22 when I got married. And I remember actually sitting there thinking one day, like, how am I going to protect my my family? I now have a family. I have a spouse. You know, I have a wife. I want to take care of her. I want to protect her. And she's she's not, especially at that time, she's a lot more of a... A shooter now than she ever was then. Um, but, uh, it's, that's still something, you know, always trying to like work on with her. Uh, it's been a while since I got her to the range, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a process, right. But then especially as like, I am responsible, you know, to defend this household and, and this family. And then sh- shortly after my son came along, my, my oldest, I've got five kids now, if you believe it. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> So, my You're oldest, busy guy. yeah, man. So, my oldest came along, and that, that especially like, so, so here's my journey basically. Okay. So, I turned 21. I'm like, hey, I can, I can have a handgun legally, I can get a permit. So, you do that, right? And, uh, you ready for the, like, I'm going to just bear my soul to you right here, right now. I'm ready. My first gun, what was it? Guess.
1: Um, uh, first gun, uh, that you
0: carried, first gun, first handgun. So I, I, owned couple, I owned a couple. I owned a couple rifles before this, obviously, but what's the first handgun that I purchased and carried?
1: Was it a Ruger P85?
0: Oh, I I wish because that would be way better than what it actually was. My, <laughs> We're going downhill fast. What's happening? My first gun, and this is how little I knew at the time, was a High Point 380. Ooh.
1: <laughs> okay, can I and, say and something and about you want to hear
0: my justification for the 380 model over the C9, the nine millimeter? Oh, it dear. was because it had that. What am I trying to say? It was because it had that that uh, kind of that. You know, it's not stainless. It wasn't stainless, but it's got that silver. You know, look to it. Oh. It's kind of like a stainless look. That was that all it was. I'm like, I was looking at the 380 and I was looking at the nine, and I was like, well, the 380 one looks cooler.
1: I'm gonna two-tone, find that. Two tone baby,
0: <laughs> exactly <Hey>. two tone. <laughs>
1: Rule number 1, look
0: cool. So <laughs> and I look cool. so so what's the first holster that I bought? Oh dear. If if a guy Is buys a high point, you got it. Same. <laughs> the neoprene sock that basically, you know, with the with a plastic clip on it. Yeah. I mean,
1: what did I know? It didn't have a spare mag carrier built in.
0: No. No, I was oh. Yeah, I, I missed out oh, on those brain, bonus bro. points. <laughs> 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 so um, now I, I will say that it was very a very short time after that that I I I I sold that gun to a friend, poor friend. I was like, dude, hey, this gun's awesome. You want to buy it from me? He's like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be a friend. <laughs> no, we're still <laughs> friends. Anyway, so um continuing with the story here. Uh shortly thereafter, I I uh, think my next gun, I know this will make some of our some of the folks watching super happy. Uh that's a little bit facetious because I know some of those folks that are watching that are friends of yours uh are not too keen on the xd series again so my next one was an xdm 45 and there you uh, go what not xdm xd not the xdm the xdm wasn't even out yet yeah um but uh, it was the xd in 45 and uh but you know that's still that's a huge step up from a high point (laughs)
1: uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest with you since we're pouring out our souls my second carry gun was actually an XD45 um, and it was the model that came with two magazines. One was the a full-size magazine, it had like a grip extension and the other one was I think it was 10 rounds. It was a little shorter. So the idea was that you carry the shorter one on you and you use the full-size one as the as the backup. So my second carry gun was actually an XD45 as well.
0: Nice. Hey, we are still have we're, it. We're like twinners, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I you know I I I do not still have it. I sold that gun. Actually, I sold that gun to to buy the XDM, thinking that was new and improved. And actually, I quite liked the XDM. Uh, I, and I know that if we're looking at the data, that yes, those guns tend to have more failures than you know, say like a Glock or even a Sig. Um, but mine was man, it was a solid gun. I had it for a long time. I carried it for a long time. Shoot, shot it for a long time in fact that gun the the XDM one that i bought uh is the is featured currently still in the uh logo of the of the podcast uh because i don't know it, it wasn't even i wasn't even carrying i hadn't even carried it in a long time but for whatever reason the day we were taking photos for the logo of the podcast i pulled that one out and that's what got photographed uh anyway so that there you go that's and you know, so this is my progression all right new new gun owner new newly married shortly thereafter I have a kid, but then I started getting really passionate about carrying a gun. And so you, what do you do? You start studying and reading and learning. You didn't have YouTube yet at the time. Um, So you're like, you're like, I was pouring through like all these magazines and books and, you know, going and taking some classes. Um, Although that didn't come for a couple of years because I, I didn't really know where to go get like quality training. Um, But, throughout that process as I became more passionate and I educated myself more then I think what started happening for me is that my mindset, you know, cause my, 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 my knowledge, you know, what I knew and what I understood was transforming through all that process as well. And that led me to have a desire to carry concealed, especially cause I don't, I'm not, I'm not really an open carry guy, um, to carry concealed a gun every day. And I can't, like you, I mean, other than there's times I got to fly a, a plane, you know, or fly, not fly a plane, but fly in a plane uh, or, I don't know, sometimes you got to go to like a government institution or something and like, you know, like there's there's times I can't take a gun with me, but I can't right, Are you saying you
1: got to go to court sometimes?
0: Uh, no, not court. <laughs> uh, I used to work on government installations and uh, um, even not that long ago, I had to, to go on to a federal installation and I don't, I don't care who you are. I'm not taking the risk of well, what they don't know won't hurt them sort like i'm I'm not gonna show up at at a at a pretty controlled installation with with a gun you know hidden someplace i'm just I'm not willing to take that risk so uh, I don't blame you anyway so yeah you know there's times where you can't carry um uh, you know but i don't you know other than those limitations like I don't remember the last time I didn't strap a gun on my person at least at some point during the day so
1: well that's the point right is even if you go to the federal installation there is a it's not like you didn't carry your gun that entire day. You limited your exposure by only not carrying while you were at that installation. So yeah, the, you know, the, the principle is true. You know, you, you were carrying your gun that day with the exception of a specific limitation.
0: Yep. 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 Cool, man. Um, all right. So that's kind of my little journey, right? And then there, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, I've even seen within myself in the last 3 4 or 5 years uh significant changes in my thinking and my methodologies uh and and also in my skill level in you know great great to a great extent I mean I 5 years ago I was a pretty I think pretty decent shooter I'm I'm a lot better though than I was 5 years ago I'm a lot better now than I was 3 years ago So um we obviously are all kind of evolving in our own personal journeys but what I want to focus on for the rest of this interview with you, uh, Buell, is how you know, like, what are some of the things that you had to discover for yourself, you know, on this journey to to where you are now? Um, what are some of the things that you wish you knew, you know, sooner than you, than you did? Um, and and also, kind of, how did you discover some of those things? And and where would you point people to? I'm really loading you up here with a bunch here, but so let's just start with. What are some of the things that you had to figure out?
1: Well, in the journey of carrying a gun, the people get wrapped around a, a lot in the beginning on what gun you're actually carrying. And I wish I would have known that the gun, while it's an important part, is not the critical component in the carry system, if you will. Um, holster, belt, you know, that combination how you actually carry the gun uh once i figured out that there isn't such thing as a gun belt that's not like a cop belt that you know with like inspector gadget stuff everywhere but there's actually like a a belt that was designed to hold up your pants and your holster and and extra weight you know extra mags and stuff like that that made carrying so much more consistent uh on my body it made it where you know i i knew exactly where my gun was going to be I didn't always have to fiddle with it or check with it. The first belt I remember this. This is funny. The first belt I actually um, used with with a holster was a, a belt made by Timberland, the company mm-hmm. that makes boots. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was a leather belt, and that thing was like a was like a wet noodle. <laughs> and I was always, you know, pulling on pulling on my pants and moving, you know, checking my holster and all that stuff. And I didn't realize that I didn't have a solid platform on which to start building my carry system around. So if I wish someone would have come to me a lot earlier in my journey and said, Hey, you know, let's get you a solid belt, the, the right holster uh, and, and so on so that I would have been more consistent in the beginning. Cause talking about some of those excuses for not carrying like, Oh, the, the belt and the doesn't work right. And I, I look funny when I walk and whatever, whatever. So that was like a, an easy excuse for me not to carry a gun one day if I was feeling uncomfortable or whatever. So I wish I would have known that earlier for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, and Marky here says he he agrees with you, by the way. Uh, I, and I agree as well because you know, back to the, to the early days carrying the High Point 380 with a Uncle Mike's holster uh, and I think probably a lot of that was probably not even with a belt. <laughs> you know? Like, Man, if I ever had to draw that gun, uh, I'm pretty sure that holster and everything would have just come right. It would just flown right out of the pants. And here's the other thing: Um, when you're not carrying with ideal equipment, with you know at least a a a decent basic holster, and those those basic Uncle Mike holsters, let's just face it, they're they're not even close to being decent. Yeah, they might they might get the job done as far as like put gun in holster, and it's probably going to keep you from getting shot. You know, (laughs) as you're carrying that gun around. But they suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I, I get right, <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> but but they that they suck, right? But um, and 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 in a lot of different ways, in ways that people probably don't realize at the time. Um, and one way that they really suck is that they're just not. I don't know if comfort's the right word. It is part of that because if you're not carrying in a position that is consistent and like stuff's moving around on you, like. I find that to be uncomfortable because you're right. Like you talked about when you first were carrying, you're like, you feel like everybody in the world knows you've got a gun on you, right? You're super hyper aware and vigilant of like this fact that I now have a gun, you know? And, uh, if your gun is moving and shifting and stuff around on you, then that's uncomfortable. And you know, and it makes good sense because you're, you're carrying in a holster with, with a gun and everything that's, it's apt to fall out of your waistband yeah. at some point. And you, at some point you realize that fact, you're like, oh, geez, my gun just moved like, oh, crap, I better stand up like really slowly uh, or this thing might fall out of my waistband. So, yes, good belt, but but also, yeah, good holster. Um, and those are things that, you know, you've got you to gotta figure out for sure. But I agree with you, man.
1: Yeah, I actually had a uh, – this is when I started exploring – belts if you will or carry belts is um i had a uh emergency on in the car i had a flat tire uh and i pull i pulled off the side of the road and i was uh changing the tire right i was putting on the donut how embarrassing and mm-hmm. while i was bent down and like putting the tire on and all that stuff or taking off the belt i was carrying strong said the belt had shifted and it folded and the Holster and the gun actually flipped out of my waistband. It was like on the outside of my pants. I was like, what in the name of tarnation, what is going on here? So I was like, you know, I was like, I can't have this happening. And uh, I I started to think, I'm like, okay, why is this happening? And I was like, well, this belt needs to be more rigid. So then I started, like you said, looking through magazines and this and that. And I actually went to um, a gentleman that uh, he uh, passed away now. His name was Rance, and he used to own a gun shop here uh, called Spurlock's Gun Shop. And his name was Rance Spurlock, and he was a a gunsmith and a hunter and a you know just a, a wealth of knowledge. One of those real salt of the earth gun store guys. And I went in there. I was like, I was like Rance, like, what do I do? This is crazy. And he's like, he he referred me to Mean Gene Leather. Actually, it was the first one that he told me about. And I think what I actually ended up with was a Galco. Leather belt was my first actual gun belt. I'm pretty sure that's how it went.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you did better than me, and and probably a lot of folks. uh, Galco is at least, you know, hey, Pooch, (laughs) it must be FedEx, right?
1: (laughs) Sorry, yeah, I, I
0: I warned. Um, This might be UPS. At least, at least Galco is a they're reputable company. They've been around a long time, and and you know, I'm I'm not a big leather holster fam that's a lot of what they make obviously um but they make a good product it's a quality product so anyway yeah you you did, you did all right man so um all right
1: sorry I again i don't know how to mute this on this
0: sorry <laughs> i apologize i don't even know if i can mute it for you i have no idea i'm we're using a new uh recording software here and i i so I'm learning learning new stuff here for sure. So anyway, um, it's all good, bro. All right. So what are some other things you had to figure out along the way? In fact, let's talk about training a little bit. Like when did you first start taking training seriously?
1: Um. So in the beginning, I was under the – I guess you'll call it a delusion that my concealed carry class was training. People mm-hmm. mislabel – a certification course or a qualification course as training. So, I thought that I had some training by having my concealed carry license, right? And then I was in the the you know, false security mindset of, oh well, you know, my dad and I have been shooting my whole life, and da 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 da. Um, it wasn't actually until the YouTube kind of revolution where I discovered professional firearms trainers for civilians. I didn't quite realize that you could do that as a civilian. Um I I knew who like Masada Yub was and and um uh, Givens and people like that, but for some reason I never really connected the dots that I could go there, you know, and that they would teach me this stuff. Um and I actually discovered uh the first trainer that I went to that I found on the internet was uh, Jaeger. I went to Tactical Response. Um and started my training journey uh, there, you know, a professional training journey there. And, uh, and since then it's been, you know, I went down the rabbit hole and I have to apologize because uh, I was actually thinking about this last night. I haven't trained with you yet. And that's, that's rude. I need to come out and take one of your classes. <laughs> so I need to get out to that in the very near future.
0: But, but you have an invite, a standing invite, uh, and we're kind of shut down unfortunately through the winter here, but, uh, um, but we we we've taken some classes on the road too, so you know maybe you should come down to uh, Vegas way there or something and do do a class.
1: <laughs> you're always welcome, man. Uh, I I got a spare uh, guest bedroom here at the house, and if you guys want to come down and, and run a class, you're welcome to stay here and and uh, do our thing and be awesome.
0: Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, so, and I was probably similar to you as well in that, like, you know, you're a civilian. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know there's actually a lot of resources out there. Um, and also, when I first started carrying was in the early days of the war against, uh, the global war against terror. Um, so, you know, we, we're in a time right now where there are so many guys out there that have legit experience, uh, you know, that have seen some stuff that have both shot at people and been shot at. And also I think we're in, a, and it's not just the, the military folks, uh, or contractors, uh, but also law enforcement. We're, we're kind of in this golden age where there's a lot of law enforcement officers retired and still active. Uh, there's a lot of military guys that, you know, like I said, they have good experience, um, now, there's gotta be a transition obviously from the military environment to a civilian one. And the same is true for a law enforcement trainer to come into the civilian world as well. Like there we gotta keep things in the correct context. But uh the fact like like you, you know, fifteen some odd years ago, whatever it was now, you know, you're kinda sitting there like, I don't know, you know, like I know there's a firearms instructor that lives down the street from me, but what does he what does he know? You know, and you go talk to him and like Sometimes even as a newbie, you could tell when crappy instructors don't know crap. <laughs> You're just like, I'm yeah. not gonna go train with that dude, you know? So um, yeah, like you don't really know sometimes where to get started. Uh I find it interesting that you found uh uh James Yeager online. Uh I remember watching some of his stuff for, in the early days as well. Um my first legit course though was uh I, I, I went into law enforcement in a part on a in a part time basis. And I took, you know, so obviously as part of that, I had to take some law enforcement handgun courses. And uh, that's where I got my first, like, true training. That was eye-opening for me, like, in a big way, a huge way. Uh, Eye-opening because, number one, I had been practicing as a shooter. Like, I'd been going to the range and practicing. And I didn't know really what to practice. So I probably spent a lot of my time just really practicing marksmanship, you know, line up the sights, put on target, press trigger. I sure as heck never really practiced shooting. and Well, I might have played around with it just for kicks and giggles, you know, like, oh, let's see if I can hit that pop can at, you know, 20 yards while I walk to the right, you know, like stuff like that. But I never really trained or knew what to practice. Um, And so, but I think I was a pretty good shot, you know, marksmanship wise because I, I practiced that a lot. So, the two things that opened my eyes attending my first, like, real course were, first of all, I realized I shot a lot better than a lot of people in the in the class, just as, as far as pure marksmanship is concerned, and the second thing was I realized I knew diddly squat about tactics, <laughs> and so uh you know and that, and that's that's a like when you when that when your mind is open like it's like a can opener right you know and like you start getting that lid open more and more and more and then finally you get it to where you can actually start peeling stuff back like that was the day my first le handgun you know course that was the day when that can lid finally was starting you like maybe not quite all the way but maybe you know halfway or two-thirds of the way like suddenly you, get, you know like you're starving you could just barely open that can just enough and you're like "Oh!" Yeah. and like just, boom start you know? to see the soup. yeah 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 and that that was a that was a world or a life-changing day in my world
1: i have a very similar evolution if you will um in that peeling the onion back t- type of of process when i first took my first course i it was immediately obvious that the work i had done you know shooting so far standing there and and putting holes in paper and and stuff like that it it had underprepared me for the actual critical aspects uh, of self-defense with a firearm and i had it's great to focus on skill and, and marksmanship and things like that, but it's a, that's a a smaller element in the equation. It's a smaller factor, you know, as far as, as doing the right thing. And I started to, to realize what, how much I did not know. And it was an incredibly humbling experience. I thought, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty good shot. I can do this and that and have a nice tight group. And like you said, maybe I move, maybe I tried shooting and walking a couple of times and, you know, wasn't that good at it. But as I started to realize how much I didn't know, I, be, I started to become a much more a tentative student, if you will. I, I was like, oh, there's so much here more uh, to, to get into that. And it's really sparked this kind of change in my life on how I approach a lot of things. I'm a, I'm a much more analytical person because of my firearms training. Uh it's it's kind of a it's kind of been a pivotal um uh, step in, in establishing a thought process for me.
0: Yeah. 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 And it, it, I'm glad you you bring that up. So um as far as there is a hierarchy of what do we classify those as? Um and those survival it. principles. Yeah, yeah, principles. There we go. Um as far as like you know, skills. Well actually let's start with let's start from the top down as far as like like if this is a pyramid, right? Like the smallest thing is at the top. So right, right? So like gear would yeah. be at the top. Yeah. Right? It it is important to have quality gear. It certainly makes your job easier. But as it relates to these other principles, it's the smallest piece. Uh but it's also one that's necessary because I mean, although it can be argued, you know, for instance, if if I went back 15 years or so ago, to where I had just that high point 380 in a crappy holster. <laughs> Could I get the job done with it? Yeah, probably. But I've handicapped myself, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, but here's the real point of this. And this I, I think this will demonstrate this perfectly. Mm. If I took you of 15 years ago yeah, and you of today, and I gave you of today the high point 380 in Uncle Mike's, and I gave you of 15 years ago what you carry today, who would win the fight? You of today with the 380.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yes. Um, and that's what I'm so, getting at. Yes. Good, good. That's a great illustration. Yes. Uh, so, like, gear's important and it's helpful, but, like, what's more important than that? And so the next thing down would be skills. Skills, yeah. Yeah. So the next thing down is skills. So, um, and that's that's a big difference maker. In, in you know, just in that little example you gave, my skills of of today is way better than fifteen years ago. And so, a person with a kind of crappy gun, but they're a way better shooter, they're probably going to come out on top. And the next down from that is what?
1: I would say tactics. Yeah, and and tactics and skill to me are the are the closest of the two paradigms as far as importance, you know, the gap between the gap between the the principles, those two are the closest skill and tactics. But the the benefit of having very sound tactics is you can avoid a lot of stuff with good tactics, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and, and ego management is a tactic, right? That I've had to, that I've had to develop. And, and that keeps you out of a lot of, situations that may or may not be beneficial to you so uh, i would say tactics is the next one uh and and it's it skills are very important and tactics are very important i think those two are some people will will switch them i think tactics are still more important but it's very close
0: yep so yeah and i, I i'm with you there buddy as well so I, I appreciate what you just said as far as ego management is a tactic And it also kind of starts to get in, you know, like it's also a bit of a mindset piece too, but, but that's absolutely correct in that we see things that blow up, meaning a fight that should never have been a fight because people's egos get in the way. Yeah. Right. And like, I totally understand, like, well, you, you have, you have tread upon my honor. You have dishonored me, you know, and and like. No one likes to be dishonored. No one likes to be made fun of or made feel like they're small in the world or you know whatever it is. No one likes that. But at the same time, like there's so many bad things that happen to people that would have been avoided if they had just sucked it up and walked away.
1: Oh yeah. And you know, and you can start out on the right side of things and your yes. ego can quickly draw you into, you know, to crossing that street and now you're on the wrong side of, of the whole dynamics and, and for what, I mean, ultimately if we keep our, if we keep our mindset focused on the goal of where this all started, protecting our family and our, our, you know, our immediate community of friends and and all that. um, How, how is this action going to make that goal more achievable or get me, closer to achieving that goal for this day. And if you can't answer that, if it doesn't get you closer to that, you have to really think about, is it worth doing this? Is it worth risking this to prove how, that I am, you know, what he said about me is wrong or, you know, I didn't spill his drink in that bar, you know, who cares? Buy him another drink. Buying it. If, if you are in a bar or whatever somewhere and at a concert or whatever, and someone accused you of spilling a drink, Just buy him another drink. It's cheaper than a lawyer. I promise. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Sorry, that was a tangent.
0: No, you got it there, buddy. I mean, it's so true. So, all right. So, we have this hierarchy of fighting or, um, you know, principles, right? So, gear, skills, tactics, mindset. What I would like to focus on for the next little segment here is on that idea of mindset. Okay. And so as we talk about making everyday carry life like that's your thing what what do we what needs to change in our mindset in order for that to really start you know being a thing for each of us what do you think
1: so i think that with the proper mindset the habits needed to establish actual everyday carry, right, the everyday part of that, um, the mindset is, once again, the most critical aspect of that. It it comes back to holding yourself accountable and individual responsibility. If you are going to make this commitment to carry a gun and, and be a protector, then that has to, there is no, you don't get a break. I, I know it's, some days it's, you know, laborious or, or, or uh can be taxing. Maybe, uh, especially if you don't have the right, you know, set up, as we talked about earlier, a bad belt or, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, but having the mindset going into it of I'm going to do this and I'm going to be a more dependable person uh, for my loved ones every day should bring you to the conclusion that you must carry your gun, that you must carry your, you know, your medical, that you must carry the, the things that you deem necessary and finding a balance where it works into your life so that the burden of responsibility is the only burden. The rest of the stuff is not a burden. It's, it's a convenience. Um, I've done a, a, quite a bit of soul searching, if you will, and, you know, going through different products and, you know, carry methods and all this stuff to find a way that, it, it's. Not, I'm not going out of my way at all to have a gun on me. It the gun is, and all my stuff is just part of it. There's no, there's no reason why it shouldn't be there, uh, you know, on a daily basis. So, um, I think it's an, an investment in time that that will pay off ultimately.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here's what I was what I was thinking about. Um, in my in my own personal evolution, early on. I I didn't ever really think about mindset. Now there were some things that I think I was doing that was changing my mindset, um, and some things happen naturally, right? Like as you become as as you become a husband or a spouse or partner, or as you become a father, um, you know, you you automatically my mind mindset started to change. Like, holy crap, I had this little kid and i love him to death and like i'm willing to give my life for him if necessary um and that's just you know anybody that's been a parent like you you know exactly what i'm talking about like you don't get it until you are um that's how it was for me i'm like oh yeah i want to become a dad you know like it's going to be life-changing for sure well you don't realize how much how much of a life changer it is until until you've been there and then you're like holy crap like it's so much responsibility and care Um, and so part of that mindset for me was like you turn into you. Everybody talks about mama bears, right? I turned into a papa bear. You know, like if somebody messes with my kid, like that's they're they're going to regret it. But the danger we have, you know, the thing we have to watch out for when when the mindset starts kind of going that way is, um, you know, you can go too far with it as far as that mindset. Like I'm the papa bear. If somebody messes with my kid, like I'm going to mess them up right? That would be the wrong mindset. Now, you can have the mindset of, I'm going to mess them up if they are like stabbing, punching, you know, throwing over the cliff's edge, my child, like then then Papa Bear is going to come out and it's going to get ugly. But if somebody's, you know, but the, we kind of talked about ego a little bit, right? If somebody's mm-hmm. insulting my kid or, you know, whatever, like, yeah, I could step in and be the dad and like, you know, try to, you know, handle that situation but we got to keep things in check right so like we see and and, and, sorry I, i see comments all the time buell online of people saying really incorrect stuff as it pertains to legality and even morality that um that they're 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 admitting online that they would do something way above and beyond that is allowable by law or that i think is even appropriate as far as decency and, you know, human decency and morals are concerned. If somebody does this, I'm going to do that. And it's just a bunch of, you know, big tough guy talk online. But if that's really where their mind is, then they're really screwed up because they're going to get themselves in trouble.
1: 100%. I see the same thing and it's, it's um, frustrating. I guess would be uh, the kindest way to say it um, because I want to hold our community and our culture to a higher standard um, so there's a couple of things, um, that, that you said there that I really ag- agree with and I wanted to touch on, um, one, when you're talking about being Papa bear and someone doing something to your child, uh, you have, you, you kind of have two ways to look at that, right? You can either let your ego take over and, you know, getting a fistfight in the Albertsons parking lot or whatever it is, or you can be an example for your son. Yeah and be, and, and show him, Hey, this is how a man actually acts. And this is why. And if this person that is acting that way, um, you know, s- p- poses a threat, then we do our duty as a man and we protect our family. Um, and I think that's the more valuable lesson to your son. It's, it's a more valuable lesson for him to become a man, to see that, than to set, to go to school the next day and go, Oh, my daddy beat somebody up in, at Albertsons. Like, that might sound cool when you're six, but it's not going to develop a, a balanced human being moving forward. Right. Yeah. Um, and and the, the element of this, and it goes back to mindset is you have to know where your lines in the sand are. You have to go through that prior. Um, I know where mine are uh, and it, it's a moral and an ethical thought process that I went through. And I know in different situations where my line in the sand are what I can walk away from and what I could not live with if I did walk away from it right I've went through that in my mind and I've I've established my you know quote-unquote lines in the sand to know you know if I ever have to go to a a place where I have to meet violence with force uh, god forbid I know where those lines are
0: yeah.
1: and uh, and that's something that I think that when we're talking about carrying your gun every day, um, that's a, that's a part of that process is establishing those lines so that you have clear parameters on what you want to do. And it'll motivate you to carry your gun, you know, what you're willing to do and, and it'll motivate you to carry your gun and your, in your medical and things like that. And then the, the, uh, sorry, the last thing that you touched on that, I, that I wanted to, that I wanted to say was the difference between the legality and morality. Um, People get those confused um, in both yes. directions. They think, "Oh, because it's legal, it's moral," or they think, "You know, oh, because it's moral, it has to be legal." And figuring out where you stand on that, you know, there's a, a tons of tons of examples from history of immoral things that were legal at one time. Yep. And there's, I'm sure, you can think of things today that are legal that are immoral. Um, and sometimes doing the moral thing is not legal. So you gotta you gotta have that conversation with yourself and figure out what what you're willing to do, um, and and the risk reward for you and your family.
0: You got it. Yeah, that's that's so true, and I'm glad you I'm glad you pointed that out because um, that, that's how I think about it in my own mind, right? Uh, and honestly, I am more interested in what my my own personal morals tell me um, about a situation than what the law tells me, although where possible especially as it relates to use of deadly force it's i think it's also best if those two things can align Um, but there are situations where it may it may not right like i i definitely understand the individual that says i don't you know i don't care what the law says but if xyz happened to my family um, this is how I would handle it because, like, that's what I have to do. You know, like, it's better that my family is alive uh, than, you know, me being in jail or something. You know, like, uh, but I would say, especially where it comes to use of deadly force, I think it it is fairly easy to align most of those principles, those moral principles and also those legal ones in um, having a sound understanding of the law I think is key because here's another thing. And I think it's, I think it's morally incumbent on each of us to make an effort to understand the law. And there are people that don't.
1: Um. Yeah. And, and what I was thinking while you were saying that is, is morality and legality. If you, if they were like a, a graph, you know, and they were, they would be overlapping circles and you'd want as much of those in a, in a, fair and and honest society, those circles overlap, you know, as much as possible. And in in certain situations, you're hoping that you got a complete balance there. You know, if you, if you ever have to get into a a deadly force encounter, you're hoping that morality and legality are, are one, you know? Uh, And I think the point of knowing there's a lot of benefits of knowing the law, right? One of them, I think that people often overlook is when you're confident in your in your standing, you're much quicker to make a decision. Yes. So, if for no other reason than uh, your let's call your shot timer, right? Beep, how how quick you get that <laughs> that gun out and do your thing. Um, knowing the law and having a solid uh, state of mind going into you know during a situation will reduce your your hesitation or your likelihood to hesitate. So um if that even if that's the only reason why you learn it, it's a it's a pretty good benefit. Mm.
0: Yeah. Good thoughts. A couple of last things as we kind of start, I think, wrapping it up a little bit here. Um first, I'd like you to maybe address the idea is you know from a mindset perspective. I think one of the most important things to have in our mindset, no matter who you are and also, no matter where you are in this journey of you know not being a actively prepared you know uh, gun carrying whatever it is person to you know where you'd like to be, wherever you are in that spectrum, this is something I think that all of us need to have, and that is the idea about refusing, and I'm going to use the NRA phrase, right? It's their course, and I think it's actually a pretty decent course, um, refuse to be a victim. Like I think that is a really key thing that we, no matter who you are, we, we need to have that as part of our mindset. What are your thoughts on, on that?
1: Um, so I'm going to quote my friend Jay Gibson, uh, and he says that, you know, speaking to mindset, there is a guy out there, it has the new Master 9000 and uh, lasers and lights and, you know, the super duper hollow points and all this other stuff. Uh, and he's getting stabbed to death by a 14 year old with a screwdriver because he he's sitting there thinking, I didn't believe this could happen to me. Why is this kid doing this? Oh, my goodness. He didn't have the proper mindset going into it. And that kid or, you know, like, quote unquote, bad, bad guy had the mindset and said, Hey, I want that. I'm taking it from that guy. And that all that stuff is irrelevant. If you do not have the mindset to stand up and like you said, refuse to be a victim. Um, And I'm, I mean, if I'm hundred percent honest with, with myself and with all the the people listening, I may be a victim one day of something unfortunate, but it's not, I'm not going to be the easy target. I'm not going to go down uh, without a fight, and you know, ideally, it would be the best fight I could give. You know, um, and and to be the most mentally prepared and trained, and have you know the mindset, tactics, skill, and gear to to meet that threat. Um, but I might end up losing that fight. That that may be how it goes. But it's not. I'm not going to be the easy one for them today. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go down where I'm going to be a pushover, and I'm like, oh, okay you know, kill me, rape my wife, take my stuff, you know, I'm done. Like that's, that's not how it's going to happen. So um, I may end up being a victim one day, but it won't be, it won't be an easy catch. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go down swinging, I
0: guess. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. One last thing, uh, going back to, we talked about gear, skills, tactics, mindset, and I, I think of it as a pyramid, right? with gear at the top, mindset at the bottom. The thing that I find kind of ironic is that that pyramid inverts itself as it, you know, as we begin talking about the things that people actually talk about and argue about (laughs) and freak out about. And so, like, your biggest internet arguments are about gear and then skills and then tactics. Well, tactics are sometimes very, you know, that could be very controversial too. But, like... And mindset a lot of times is the last thing that people think about or talk about online.
1: One hundred percent, and you know it's um, there's there's a, a a statistic out there or a, a, a reality I guess you'd call it is uh, the amount of content that is created today dwarfs any other time in history. Obviously, but there's a point where you can take all of the content created by man in history, and it doesn't equal from the beginning of time to this point and it does not equal the content that is created by humans in a day now, right? We are creating so much content and to to go to your point where I'm going with this is how much of the content that is created when it relates to self-defense and guns is nonsense arguing about gear (laughs) rather than talking about what is actually important, preparing yourself mentally. If you have to use force to meet violence, right? And if you took that ratio, it is so out of balance. It is so, yeah. you know, like you said, it's a pyramid upside down. A pyramid upside down can't isn't stable. What are we doing here? Um, so, I, I that's a very powerful um, visualization that you used, and it's true. And I, I, I sometimes I, I'm like, wow, man, I throw my hands up, uh, and I and you know, you do a great job online of, of trying to engage people and convert conversations from you know hey this is the best because of this and that and the other and hey well that's cool i like rock on with the gear and all that stuff but like let's talk about what this actually means and where this is where we're trying to go with this um you do a great job of that man i am uh i'm proud to call you a friend especially (laughs) when i do that stuff
0: well i'm proud to call you a friend man we will just have a, oh, things are getting a little too personal now though. So, uh, <laughs> Let's get weird. uh, no, yeah, man. So that, that's basically what I see, you know? And, and if I could leave any, you know, our, our, listeners and viewers with a message here, it would be, I'd like to encourage more of us to begin cultivating a mindset where, the, cause I, I think, you know, it's obviously got to come from, from the mind. Right. Um, we need to cultivate this mindset and, and stop focusing less on gear and more on some of those other things that matter. Um, we need to argue less about what gun somebody is carrying or holster and argue more about the things that really matter and really make a difference. And honestly, the the part of that pyramid that gets messed up more than anything is even just right there at the top, and then frankly, this is where a, this is, and I think a lot of people, by the way, as they're progressing, they they start at the top. They like, okay, I I, I got to carry a gun. Well, what gun do I carry? like? That's where they start, right? They start with what gun do I need? You know, oh, I, I'm going to buy that gun, and for whatever reason, and then they buy that gun, and they know little about the use of that gun, the tactics behind using that gun, and even mindset, right? And so then they engage in conversations online where they're entirely focused on, well, I bought XYZ gun, don't really know why I bought that gun, don't know how I'm going to use that gun. They think they know how they're going to use that gun, but they really don't understand using that gun or the tactics, right? And, but, but because they only are focused on the gear and they think that gear is awesome and it's going to make them awesome, that's what they argue about and they're very passionate about it. And then someone starts moving down that pyramid into the skills part of the world and they start really focused in and that's a that's a really important progression by the way because there's plenty of people that don't advance in their skills at all um and so once once someone does move to that tier of the pyramid like that's great but then they start getting very focused on okay like I can do xyz drill in so many seconds I'm awesome or yeah I can put all these you know 15 shots in a quarter-sized hole at 15 yards. Like, I am freaking awesome. That is awesome. I'm glad you're moving down that path. But then we have, you know, but once again, things are still kind of inverted. So we have to, you know, we got to keep moving down that pyramid. And the base, the foundation is up here in the mind, right? And our mindset and how we view the world and what we think of the world and what we think of ourselves and keeping that all straight and clear Uh, and then tactics and skills and gear, and we got to work out. You know, so we're gonna. The tendency is we're gonna start at the top and we're gonna work downward. But at some point, we got to have, and that's kind of I think what I was getting at when I was talking about going through my my first real training course was there were some things that occurred there that flipped that pyramid around for me.
1: Yeah, nice. You know, I think uh, when you were saying that, you kind of sparked a a thought in my head and the gear and the skill people get hung up in those. And I think it would be useful to develop a way to parlay this into the other into uh, tactics and mindset. It's, it's instant gratification or it's gratifying. You can quantify it and you can see it. You can go buy that gun and say, man, Riley told me that he's been carrying this, you know, X gun for two years and he loves it. And you just did your review on the the P three sixty five, yeah?
0: Not quite published yet, but yeah. Been, oh, okay.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, this I'm is sorry. a
0: six thousand word article. that's very detailed and very in depth on that gun that I hope will be published here early next week. Waiting on the editor to go through it. That's the thing. Like I finished writing it and now the editor's got to do his thing. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, you're so, good. It, it'll be uh, a good one.
1: The but that's instantly gratifying. I can go to the counter and grab it buy it and say, oh, look, yeah. I got this. The skill thing, the same thing. You you go out and you bang, bang, bang. Oh, wow, I, I went from this size group to that size group. I, I went from this time on my draw to that time. And mm-hmm. it's quantifiable. And people, yes, you know, you get that dopamine hit. You get that, yeah, like that's awesome. Uh, and, and the further you move
0: to- down that pyramid, like as you get into tactics and mindset, the less quantifiable things get.
1: Exactly. And it's like, how do we... Yep. If if as a culture, if we could uh, find a way to emphasize that, to give that gratification uh, or some, you know, some internal reward system, I, I guess a lot of it has to be internal and, and what your priorities are. But it, you can see the mechanism of where people get stuck in gear and skill. You know, they get stuck in first and second gear because of that gratification. And then it's almost like a self-repeating cycle. Like, oh, I go get a new gun and then I develop my skills with it. And I get those, grat- I get those little, you know, gratification cookies. And now that starts to wear off, go get a new gun, develop new skill. So, yep. um, you know, it, I can see why people get stuck in there. And I guess it's something that, that I need to work on, uh, to be better at pulling people from, you know, getting them out of second gear and getting them, you know, going It's something that I could Third, work on. to be better.
0: Fifth. Yeah. We want to go hundred, you know, 150 miles an hour, not 35. Yeah. Full speed uh, ahead. While wearing our seatbelts, <laughs> <laughs> awesome dude. Good, good discussion with you today, man. So um, let's start. Uh, we gotta start wrapping it up here. I told you we do a, a, a gear or a not necessarily gear, but a pick of the week. So pick it's funny we just talked about all this stuff, right? And chances are our picks of the week are gonna be more gear focused. But uh, but keep it in mind, or keep in mind what you know where that's at in the hierarchy of things, right? So um, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, What's your pick of the week, man?
1: So the pick of the week for me is gear. Um, And it's something that I've been wearing for uh, about a month now, maybe a little bit over, uh, probably a little bit over, actually. Um, And it is from NSR Tactical. It is a tourniquet, a windless tourniquet pouch and a mag pouch combo. Uh, It's on their uh, website. Um, I have a, a recon in it right now. Uh, but it will hold the all the windless tourniquets, so cats, uh, t wides, all that stuff, uh, and it carries my uh, backup Glock mag as well. Uh, I wear this appendix, and it it really made carrying a windless tourniquet uh, much easier, and it and eliminated all excuses for doing it because the way this product works, uh, it doesn't add any extra burden on me. It's not yeah. any uh, any less comfortable. Than carrying the way I would carry with just this, the uh, mag carrier. So this sits right next to my uh, my gun. I, I have them off here so I can demonstrate. It sits right next to my gun appendix and then uh, it it has freedom of movement in it. And I got everything, you know, my spare mag and my tourniquet and my gun right there. I love it. Uh, for quick access. So nsrtactical.com. This one is in beautiful reptile camouflage, nocturnal. Nice. My favorite.
0: <laughs> I love it, dude. Uh, you know, and that's another kind of mindset and tactics thing you know is is not just being you know so there are because everything we talked about today probably most people are thinking in context of firearms and firearm training and yeah. using a gun but we got to also think about uh you know how we're going to respond in the aftermath like you may have survived that encounter you may have come out the victor but you've got bullet holes in you too Right? Yeah. Or if, you're f- if, f- another person. You know, it's like now, how, now what do we do?
1: So you have children. Yep. Right? I'm going to pose this theoretical question, and, and uh, I'm sorry, it's a, a graphic one. Uh, how would you feel if you had something happen, a home invasion or something, and one of your children were hurt and you didn't have the skills medical wise? You defended your family. you you got those bad guys out of here. You know, you, you did your John wick stuff and all that. Um, (laughs) But then the paramedics can't come into the cops, clear the scene and make it safe. And your, your child is bleeding to death. What do you do? Do you know how to use a tourniquet? Are are you going to be able to live with yourself? If you do not at least attempt or have the ability to save your child or your niece or, or something like that. So, Um, if you, if you want to be, you know, out there putting holes in people, you got to be able to fix holes too, because I haven't seen very many fights where you don't, you know, where both people don't get punched. You know what I mean? So I'm sorry. That was a tangent, but
0: no, no, that's great, man. I'm with you. I I carry a tourniquet as well, everywhere, pretty much everywhere I go. Uh, and that is one thing too, like when we do have to be on those airplanes flying across the country and we can't have that gun with us, well, there's, there's other tools that we can and should have uh, both defensive tools, but also at the very least, I've never had any issue. I carry a little uh, mini IFAC. It's on my ankle when I fly, when I go through airport security and all this stuff. Um, I've got, you know, I've got trauma shears. I've got things in that little, you know, IFAC that, uh, you know, it's all allowed on a plane. It's good to go. I got a tourniquet. If something goes down, you know, at the very least, I'm I'm not entirely defenseless, as some of that's concerned. I have a little tactical pen. I actually prefer the ones. This is a really awesome pen. This is from uh, Tough Rider. I Tough love Rider. It. Yeah, man, I love these pens. I, I They're feel, the best. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't look super tactical, but it's strong as heck, and you can do some damage with this if you have to. And I like this because recently I had a friend with with a tactical pen that looked too tactical, and it got seized by by TSA. Can I tell a story? Yeah, man, fire away. Okay,
1: so tactical. First of all, uh, Tough Rider. If TSA takes your Tough Rider, they will replace it for free.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yes, uh, I
1: had a tactical pen taken from me one time at from TSA. And the, uh, the lady was like, oh, this you can't take this. It's used to hurt people. And I looked at her and I said, lady, if I wanted to kill someone on this plane, I would use my laptop cord.
0: And she took <laughs> it out of my laptop
1: back And she goes, what? And I said, nothing. <laughs> never, never mind. I just. So, yeah, they took my tactical, you know, my tactical pin. And I, I since converted to a tough rider. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I was I was looking for it last night because my wife, I think my wife uh, hijacked me. To be honest, I, I was looking for it last night, and I was like, what would you do with my Tough Rider? It's uh, on my nightstand typically with all my EDC stuff, and uh, I think she might have got me, right? I still haven't found it today.
0: So, <laughs> right on, dude. I think, I think Mrs. Collins might have it. <laughs> Here's my pick this week. Uh, this is actually something we shipped in our latest uh, Guardian Nation Gear Box that goes out to all our members once once a quarter. Uh, so those that are members of Guardian Nation, uh, if they're active for at least the, th- the pr- three months preceding, uh, or they're quarterly paying or annually pay- paying, uh, they're going to get. You know, we just shipped a couple weeks ago a gear box. Uh, it's not it's not always a box, by the way. This one's shipped in in a bag, okay? Because it all fit in the bag just just fine. One of the things that we shipped in that is a product from Stealth Gear USA, and I don't can't remember exactly what they call it. To be honest with you, it's actually not labeled. I thought it would be on the packaging, and I would be like, "Oh, this is called the... Oh wait, I know. Here in the in the in the gear box comes a card. There we go. Here's the card, and you can see that's the value that you know we shipped $152.53 worth of product in this latest wow. box. And, uh, you know, this is just included in the membership, right? So um, the uh, Stealth Gear product is called the SG-180. There we go. And there's three of these things that came in this package. And, and at first you're looking at it you're like, uh, what is that? And it's a really stretchy, you know, elastic kind of material. And the, the idea here is that you can run these through your belt or on your belt. And there's a couple different options, right? I'm wearing one right now, and it's got a spare mag in it. And so I'm carrying that spare mag. Basically, this is looped through the belt, and it's got a second little pocket as well. And the mag is inserted into that. So I'm carrying that horizontally, and it's super comfortable, but it's also very easy to get to. It's secure. It's not going anywhere. Uh, Fast on the draw you to get that spare mag out. I, I it's a really simple product. These are not. You can just go buy these on on uh, uh website. Very very affordable. I think it's kind of cool. You could also stuff a tourniquet in those. I don't. I haven't yet tried a windless tourniquet. I don't know. I'm like I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get one on there or in there and you know stretch it out. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I think they might have some different sizes of one, of them as well. I don't know. But maybe anyway. like
1: a soft T wide would go in there because they they compress.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, thinner
1: as opposed to, like, the cats that are little,
0: um, have a little. I don't know soft TY. Nope, nope, not, not here. That, okay. Yeah. That, another really cool thing of that
1: that Stealth Gear product right there is it costs you nothing in weight. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, that, that.
0: Weighs nothing, man. It's and, awesome. I mean, it,
1: it goes horizontal on your belt, so it doesn't really cost you anything in space really either. I mean, obviously, in 3D space it does, but, like. Here's another one. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's awesome.
0: Um, yeah, like if you wanted to carry some some just some emergency cash or something in this, um, handcuff key, knife, flashlight. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. I It's such a simple product, but there's a lot of different ways you could use it. And I looked at it I'm like, dude, I'm going to try a spare mag right up here in front, horizontal with a belt, doesn't like poke me in the ribs or anything, super easy to get to and, and draw out. I'm liking it. I'll keep testing this stuff and see how it goes. But th- that all shipped in our latest box. So that's my pick this week is the Stealth Gear USA SG-180, available at stealthgearusa.com. All right. So we got to wrap it up here. Uh, Beal, thanks so much for being on the show with me today, buddy, on a Saturday. And, uh, yeah, man, you were, you were great.
1: Oh man, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me uh, you know, as always, when we get, get together and get to talking, I really enjoy these conversations and I really enjoy the work that you guys are doing out there to uh, push our passion forward in this concealed carry thing that we got going on. This thing of ours, if you will, um, you and I share a lot of the same passion and, and, uh, drive to make this thing better for everybody and, and i really appreciate the work you guys are doing over there
0: for sure man for sure man well thanks again uh, folks a uh, reminder today's episode brought to you by Fioki ammunition go get some as jerry would say right get yeah. some <laughs> yeah and uh ammo supply warehouse ammo supply warehouse.com where guardian nation members are off, saving even more. Uh, We have so many awesome uh, benefits now as part of the Guardian Nation membership. Uh, If you want to learn more, go to GuardianNation.com. Oop, wrong button there. And uh, once again, go download the Concealed Carry Gun Tools app uh, and look forward to the notifications we'll send out here in a couple weeks where you'll have a chance every day for 12 days to win some really awesome prizes. So with that, folks, we're going to let you go. Again, thank you, Buell. We'll have to connect again very soon and uh, have you in a class or whatever. And I look forward to training with you at some point. I don't know when that's going to happen. I keep uh, you know, looking at my calendar, and it's just the calendar is crazy, dude. But uh, we'll have to connect for sure.
1: Awesome. I look forward to it.
0: All right, buddy. Well, folks, we're going to let you go. So with that, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care.